0: Cares living, welcome back to the podcast B-side on the boys. These are gonna be quick hitter pods. We're gonna have Zerb come in each week, do a Zoom call. We're still gonna have our weekly teen TV show or movie podcast, but we're gonna supplement it with a quick 15 to 30-minute pod recapping the boys episode from that week. The number one thing that we've been waiting on on this podcast is to have a weekly show that we're recapping. So we found out that the boys released the first three episodes on Friday, September 4th, and then they're doing one per week until October, eight total episodes. So what we're going to do is we're going to do quick recap from season one of the boys and then the first three episodes that dropped and then we'll just be doing a quick pod each week on the new episode that comes out every Friday. Okay, I'm going to play a quick season one recap, and then we're going to call Zerb, who is going to be our co-pilot on The Boys season two. Here we go. I'm Huey, by the way. Annie, would you like my number?
1: Huey, looks. like you got your tongue halfway down the opposition's front. She's not
0: a bad person. She's a soup. Hugh Campbell killed Translucent. What if he was helped? Whoa, Keep those hands down by your side. You have to explain, Huey. You are the only thing that I could count. This is about Compound V. It gives the soups their powers. What are you talking about? We're born like this. That was diabolical
1: no one's putting soups in the national defense you stay the fuck back or
0: i'll laser you if they let us into the military this will never happen again know oh, no it's hard to lose someone
1: homeland the right
0: my wife becca you and me we're in this together you can't i'm a fucking superhero i think he's having a heart attack
1: <laughs> i'm in what up i want to talk directly to the kids here and say if you have not watched the boys season one pause the pod right now go do it literally don't sleep until you finish come back it's it's it'll it's worth it you'll thank me later do it then kids. Come back. Uh, yeah
0: kids it was the best show of 2019 i think.
1: So that was literally, I didn't write anything down, just got my thoughts together. And that was the first thing on, on my list too, is I'd have to like go through and check it off, but I'm pretty sure it's my favorite new show of the last two years, at least if not maybe longer. Yeah. And- um, especially if you don't count like mini series stuff or docu like documentaries, like Chernobyl was awesome, like stuff like, like just straight up shows. I think this was, I think this was my favorite new one of the last couple of years.
0: Yeah. And it was just straight word of mouth, dude. It was yeah. like word of mouth across the board. Cause I never really saw any ads for it. And I honestly, I don't use Amazon prime video that much. I mean, I'm mostly on Netflix, Hulu, or HBO.
1: Do you have a Roku or what do you watch? You're on uh, Apple, on? Apple TV. See, I've got a, I have a fire TV. So, but even then, like you see the the thing and you see like the little box where they've got the it says the boys and it's like almost like a chalk drawing of Homelander with the lasers coming out of his eyes. And you can't tell what it's about at all. Yeah. I definitely didn't watch it or like think about watching it until I heard word of mouth. Like this is actually awesome.
0: Yeah. I, and then what was weird too, which we should discuss is the fact that the season one, they did it like all streaming services do. They just put all eight episodes out at once and then just said, Hey, everyone enjoy binging this. Whereas on season two what they did was they were like all right we're gonna do a little mini binge up front three episodes hit you at once which on this pod we're gonna cover those first three and then they're like now we're gonna do weekly and i was thinking like i don't know why most shows don't move to this model because like my my last thing i'll say on it is I don't even honestly know why every show wouldn't go weekly, and then if people want to binge, like if you want to do that with Ozark, you want to binge. Yeah.
1: Just wait. You'll just yeah. wait the eight no, weeks till it ends. Hundred percent agree, and I think that HBO has done this. Like, we're going to put the first two, maybe three episodes out thing before with a couple shows. Maybe the Deuce, I think, was one of them. But um, like, it's effective to get people kind of hooked in because sometimes the pilot. You're like, "Eh, I don't know if I'll come back for it. Um, So I get that part, but I, I'm shocked that Netflix and Amazon and straight streaming services have not done more of it because it's what it's, I think it's the single biggest reason that HBO still kind of dominates the best TV show like conversation because you have to watch week to week and discuss it as it's happening. Yeah. And like, if you if you actually want to be involved in the conversation about it, you have to be watching it while it's happening, discussing it week to week, reading articles about it and recaps and listening to podcasts or whatever it is where you're like theorizing about what's happening next. And every Netflix show misses out on that. I'm super pumped yeah. that, I, that that's how I have to watch the boys. Like I have to go week to week with it. I'm really excited for that.
0: I don't, honestly, what Netflix should do is just go like, all right, Ozark and Stranger Things, we're going to try this model out because we know for a fact, it's not like people are going to get bored and not tune in every yeah. week.
1: Stranger Things already like owns a couple weeks every time it comes out, like as the biggest thing in the world. And can you imagine if they did, even if they did exactly what they did with the boys and they did the first three and then everything else was week to week. It would, it would have owned the entire summer last year. Well, what
0: I'm just curious about is why wouldn't you do it? Because I feel like if you're Amazon, your goal should be you, you want people on as long as possible on your app right. to then be hooked into other shows and everything right. like that. See the and, ads
1: for other shows. Yeah. It's like, to your point that like, if people don't like that, like they don't have to watch it when it comes out. <laughs> like, right. It can just, yeah. It's, yeah. It's bingeable as soon as they're all out. Yeah. It's the best of both worlds.
0: So let's, uh, Let's get into episode one, because we got to hit. We got 30 minutes to cover three episodes. There was a lot jam-packed in. Um, so we'll do like maybe five to ten minutes here on episode one. Episode one, first thought I had. Starlight is looking good in season two.
1: Yeah, she leaned into the uh, the new costume that yeah. she really was against in season one. Clearly as a way to be like, don't get mad at me. I'm on the team. Yeah. Uh, and, to, and to like get deeper in, in terms of kind of sort of being a double agent.
0: I legitimately thought that she gained about 10 pounds, but let me, let me dial my misogyny down uh, to a couple notches by saying it went into all the right spots. And by that, I mean, I think she literally just put like five to 10 pounds in her ass in That <laughs> costume.
1: Well, there's also, did you notice like, They did a, there's like a split screen almost, or like a mashup going back and forth uh, between her and Huey, like getting, Huey getting ready in the morning and her getting like out of her costume. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's like taking it off. And as she's taking it off, she like, she clearly like was pulling stuff, like she had her bra stuffed and like, it's emphasizing, which is another great thing just about the show in general, just the fakeness of the, the celebrity aspect of it
0: yeah but i (laughs) I was kind of here for the fakeness i was like (laughs) yeah it looks like uh yeah whether it's stuffing her bra with with uh some shit or like wearing ass pads or whatever all i know is it looks like they threw like five to ten pounds in all the right spots (laughs) and it was amazing
1: i'm sure also has the the same thing that like i would imagine any show has where it comes out the first season i'm sure all those actors are pumped because they're like they booked a gig then when it blows up going into that second season you're like well i'm like i'm famous now and people are gonna be yeah pictures of me and look at me like i'm gonna get my shit together
0: so i thought huey was kind of the main guy who the whole story centered around in season one but the vibe i got in season two is i feel like we're now getting starlight is more of the center fold here
1: uh i i think it yeah it might be more of a of a partnership more of a co-leads where she was getting a lot more airtime yeah i think last the first season it was definitely huey and then kind of butcher and then she was she was uh, like the romantic lead like she was definitely one of the main characters but i think this time she's solidly in that top two or three for sure
0: But that's an interesting point about Butcher because literally he didn't even show up in this first episode until the very last scene of the whole thing. And I I was thinking the whole time, same thing. I'm like, this guy was such a critical part of season one and they're just cool not bringing him in until the
1: very end. They talked about him a lot though. He was definitely like a presence in the episode even though he wasn't on screen. Um, And is one of those things where it's not like the reveal didn't really, I don't think it's going to, for anyone who watched season one and was paying attention, like, it, you know he's coming back. It's just a matter of, all right, when's he going to walk in? How, you know, what's the setup going to be? So it's just kind of being like, all right, when's he going to show up? When's he going to show up? And then, like you said, it wasn't until the last scene. It's like, all right, he's here. Apparently, yeah. uh, Frenchie just like had his phone number or something because they're like, I guess we got to call Butcher. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, thought, I thought he was on the run from the law and nobody knows where he is.
0: And they need that's that, that crew, the boys, the boys crew, they need a leader. Like it, it's clear when he's not there, like they're just all kind of like running around like chickens
1: with their heads cut. Yeah. Off. That's a major, major theme of episode one is, um, MM and Frenchie particularly, which is kind of surprising for both of them, especially MM are like pretty upfront about the fact that they're followers. <laughs> like they're yeah. not leaders kind of giving Huey shit because he's acting like he could be a leader. And they think he's clearly a follower.
0: One group where there is no confusion on who the leader is, and that is Homelander with the Supes. There's no confusion there. He is clearly the guy. To zag to Homelander, I will say in this first episode, that scene where he was drinking the breast milk was the perfect distillation of him as a character like because he was drinking that fucking milk like so sexually and like psychotically and it's the breast milk by the way of the like chick he was in love with and then murdered so she had just left behind a little frozen breast milk because she had a newborn and then he like heated it up and drank it and it was like
1: oh yeah dude they well, I, I think we'll we'll probably drop in a lot of our season one thoughts as we go through this since we didn't do season one but they I think a lot of stuff they do is so good it's like a little bit on the nose but at the same time like so it's not super subtle but it's it's just so well done and that's the case with definitely with his like weird mommy issues uh, oh yeah and yeah. like screwed upness like it's obviously him literally drinking the breast milk is pretty on the nose with his mommy issues but it's like yeah, this guy is that that's who he is. Like he's he's got these he was raised in a lab. He had no parents and he's totally fucked up mentally and he's drinking this breast milk because he never got to like have a mom <laughs> and he's fucked yeah. up by it.
0: Yeah. Um Homelander. I assumed he had been in other things. Like I kept he thinking, has, I've yeah. seen him. Yeah. But I then I looked at his IMDB and I didn't recognize
1: anything. So I did watch a few years ago. I don't know if I, if I finished it. I don't think I ever did because it's on Cinemax. But the show Banshee, uh, you'd I've actually love. Seen, you'd actually love. That. He's the main character in that. I feel like there's something else that I've seen him in too. But he's uh, Australian, I think. He's, he's not American. New Zealand. Has, New Zealand, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. He has the most perfect, like flawless accent job I've ever heard. He yeah. never slips at all. And it's like that you would never ever imagine he's doing a voice, like doing an accent.
0: No. And it, it's his look is like a Kroger brand, Greg Kinnear. Like if you ever saw that what movie. what they're doing with
1: his hair. It's what they're doing with his hair.
0: Yeah. I don't know what, yeah, it could be his hair, but if you ever saw that movie uh, Mystery Men Mystery in 1999 yeah. with uh, Ben Stiller and Greg Kinnear essentially plays the exact same Homelander character in this yeah. show. Cap- Captain
1: something.
0: Yeah. Captain, uh, yeah, fucking Captain Marvelous or something like that. Something but, like that, yeah. And, and I, his mouth, too. His mouth looks exactly like Greg Kinnear's mouth, but he just gives me Greg Kinnear vibes, like, through and through. But, yeah, he's just, like, fucked up. Um, who is your favorite soup of, of all the superheroes? They call them soups. Who's your favorite? I have, uh, for sure, a favorite. It's Captain Amazing, by the way. I just
1: looked it up. Oh, yeah, Captain um, Amazing. But, uh, so... I, I think that Homelander is the best character in the show by far. I do think that the deep is one of the funniest characters I've seen on TV in a while. And he cracks me up. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't call him my favorite. Dude,
0: so I mean, do you know the Homelander deep? Homelander is
1: just a great character.
0: You never watch Gossip Girl, right? Correct. He, the deep, is like one of the the, four, the core four of Gossip Girl. And... It's Nate Arch- He plays Nate Archibald in Gossip Girl, and it's wild to see him in this role. It's like his acting. He was such a bad actor in Gossip Girl, like one-dimensional. Really good in this. He's so good in this. Yeah. So good as the fish guy. He's hilarious. <laughs> fish guy who talks to his own gills. Um. By the way, did you pick up on who the voice of his gills was? In was it Pat first- Oswalt? Yeah. I thought.
1: Yeah. yeah. I was like, as soon as they're talking to him, I was like is that that
0: <laughs> Yeah. Uh we'll we'll come back to that cuz that's more in episode 2, but um my favorite soup is I don't know why, but Maeve I'm yeah. like obsessed with.
1: Yeah, she's a character that on when I rewatched season 1 a couple weeks ago getting ready for this to come out, I was like kind of struck by how little she was in season 1 because I just remembered her being like this awesome character from like totally thought she was one of the main characters, and she's barely barely in it so i I think that that kind of speaks to even in limited screen time she's just an awesome character,
0: yeah, what is that on the rewatchables the uh Dion Waiters? Dion award Waiters. for She'd she just a,
1: heats up be a candidate even though she doesn't i don't know if she does like enough crazy shit like to she doesn't hit enough threes she's she's set picks.
0: I just love her because. To your point on Homelander, he's clearly like he's the main guy. He's the you know he's like the Superman, and he's clearly the leader. But she's like the only one that he kind of like listens to, and like whenever he's like about to get shitty with everyone else in the crew, like he kind of like stops himself with her, and it's like oh fuck, shit, she's a badass.
1: A little bit, he she definitely has his respect to some degree, but at the same time, she like pretty much her biggest character arc at this point is that she lives in constant fear of him. She does, but
0: she masks it really well. And I think for some reason he, he, he like pauses on like fucking with her because she's like an OG like him. Like she came out around the same time as him. And I think they have that in common where it's like all these young bucks, like starlight and a train and everyone came after them. They're the next gen.
1: I, I get the impression that that tension is about like he knows like they both know that probably eventually he's going to cross the line and it's going to like blow up between them and he's just kind of deciding at at all times deciding if it's worth it yet like if yeah. he's ready if he's ready to be like to to completely blow it up with her
0: god I I have a feeling like to that point that now that you're saying that, I feel like there's gonna be like an ultimate standoff between yeah. him and Mave and he's totally. gonna kill her, and I'm gonna be so fucking mad because she's so a character that like everyone loves who gets killed
1: and she would be it seems like she's the most likely one to be able to hold her own, yeah at least for a little bit with them like because yep again, hopefully everyone who's listening has took my warning and went back and watched everything but he literally homelander has every basically every superpower like he's all superman of the, all, all of the basics yeah he's Superman yeah which I think Superman has laser eyes too right he does yeah, yeah. So, I read this thing
0: and it said it it's based on like a loose base on on DC. so he's Superman Aquaman yeah. is obviously the deep yeah noir is Batman uh mave is Wonder Woman etc
1: mm-hmm. right so she can't she doesn't have the laser eyes and she can't fly slash do the super speed but it seems like pretty much she's super strong completely invincible you know badass fighter all that stuff so it's like would the laser eyes cut her in half i I doubt it right i don't know so it'd be an interesting
0: i don't know but she's when it, when it happens i'm convinced
1: it's going to happen so whenever it happens it's going to be a wild one
0: I do, I do yeah so on this pod we're officially calling it we think there's going to be a big standoff between Maeve and Homelander and Homelander is going to kill her. We're going to be super pissed. Who knows though? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we, we can't, we don't know. Cause it hasn't come out yet. Uh, last thing on Mave. I think Mave is the most attractive one in this show. She is a smoke show.
1: Yeah. I, I'd agree with that. I mean, it's really between her and starlight, right? Yeah. I think Starlight's Annie.
0: more like girl next door vibes where I feel like Mave is just like, fuck.
1: Yeah, I mean, she, she's she been in her costume almost the entire time. Yeah. So, so that, I think that's why, I mean, Annie is definitely written as a girl next door, like the Annie Starlight character, and she, along with part of that, is out of her costume a lot. In um, episode two or three, I can't remember which one, Maeve's out of her costume, uh, I think mm. maybe for the first time. Yep. And you definitely get more of those vibes from her too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She's in the hospital with her yeah. uh, lady lover. Mm-hmm. Um, episode one ends where I'm, I'll play, I'm not going to play a lot of clips on this because we don't have much structure on this one, but I'll, uh, I'm going to play a clip of how episode one ends and it's with Butcher coming back. This is a fucking mess, son. We got a soup terrorist. Rain has blown a canister. And we're the most wanted cunts in the country.
1: But don't you worry. Daddy's home. Episode ends. It's like, oh
0: fuck. Game yeah. on.
1: So as much as I already said that I think that Homelander's the best character, just because I think there's most going on there, Butcher is right there. Yeah. 1A, 1B. And and he was billed
0: as like the main guy. I mean, it's it's Carl Urban. It's I was going to say, I want to have
1: this conversation with you. Hollywood <laughs> was ready to make him a leading man for sure. And then Pathfinder happened. And then he had yeah. to be a supporting guy for a long time. Did some TV work. Uh,
0: he was this a supporting guy in Star Trek. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was kind of like Colin Farrell. Like Hollywood really wanted him to be like a hot leading man, like the Brad Pitt.
1: Yeah, it was Col- Colin Farrell light. He definitely didn't get the same. He Colin didn't have the Farrell, same hype. Yeah. Yeah. Colin Farrell, light, and um, and it just like um, like the audience just made the like voted for Hollywood and just said no.
0: It's not but it's happen. also
1: because I think the the more, more the more recent one that's the closest to Colin Farrell is probably my boy Tim Riggins, Taylor Kitsch, where yeah. it it's not. I really don't think it's the audience being like, and eh, this guy's is not a leading man. Like I think both those guys have like the charisma, the look, the acting skill, all that stuff. Just, just did not pick the right leading man movie.
0: Yeah, they they chose bad projects.
1: And uh, again, Colin Farrell light picked Pathfinder, which is the <laughs> worst possible leading man pick you could make. So.
0: And then yeah, Tim Riggins chose uh, John Carter from Mars and Battleship. God, yeah, that's a long theory, long held theory of ours, which is Hollywood. If they're trying to make you a leading man, you get one. You yep. get one fuck up. Maybe and- two. And then we'll you don't like, get yeah. yeah. You don't you get don't, two fuck-ups. You right. might get
1: two chances.
0: You don't right. get two fuck-ups. Yeah. So like Tim Riggins is totally cool after he shits the bet on John Carter, but then when he follows it up with Battleship, okay, now we're That's like, ideal. all right, now we reject you forever. Yeah,
1: go do go do some HBO shows or something for a while. We'll yeah, see if you like, come back God. later.
0: So um I thought this one was interesting because episode two we got a lot more with uh, all the shit with The Deep. Like, they've sent Deep, who is uh, the fish guy and Gossip Sandusky. Girl. Sandusky. Yeah, they sent him to Sandusky, Ohio, and he's, like, exiled.
1: And um, why was he exiled again? You don't, You really don't remember? It's his entire plot.
0: Oh, because he tried to uh, get Starlight? He tried to rape Starlight? He did oh no, he officially of did yeah okay well
1: I mean it's uh he sexually assaulted Starlight we'll we'll say that
0: that's right yeah he started jerking off in front of her and then made her Pr- give him a her, BJ
1: pressured her into some moral sex little definitely a Me Too thing little little bit of a Monica Lewinsky vibe there
0: yeah he he t- had <laughs> yeah, to recap in season one it was like she was the new girl and he was like yeah this, I do this with all the new people I just uh it's
1: like yeah. all right. <laughs> That you think this like, guy like i had to sw- i had to swallow using the word swallow on purpose, obviously, yeah. my share of shit when I started here, yeah, uh, it's like did did you have to suck somebody's dick <laughs>
0: <laughs> that guy is he is, all these characters are so complicated though like he's he's just as complicated as anyone i mean he's he's dealing with this like Napoleon complex the whole time of like. He's never good enough, like he's not on par with the rest of the soups because all he can do is like go in the water and
1: stuff. He calls himself the diversity hire. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I I kind of agree though, because all of his tasks are like, dude, if we're not yeah. fighting he's, crime in water, a he's a gimmick. Yeah, you're kind of like
1: ow. Like, in the seven, they've got the Superman, they've got the the badass chick, they've got all these things kind of covered, and then they're like Forget a water guy, and that's the only reason he's there. Um, yeah, and he's also got body image issues because of his gills. And season two, episode two, is exploring uh, how, how his body image issues lead him to mistreat women before they can reject him. Right. Um, and it, it's funny because, like, it's Pat and Oswald talking as his gills. And like they definitely play a little bit of it for laughs, but it does like so much of the show, it does a good job of like kind of balancing the seriousness of it and the comedy of it. Yeah. It's got the kind of on the nose stuff that they're trying to say about the sexual assault and all that. But done just done really well.
0: Yeah. They it, you're spot on. They definitely have a good like comic relief mix in mix in with the drama. It's like perfect balance. I think that's why this show is so awesome. And then they're there was a it there was a clip I wanted to play about uh, the whole sexual assault thing because they bring this new girl in uh, Stormfront, who is essentially just like storm from X-Men mm-hmm. and uh, she had this fucking awesome quote when she was talking to starlight about what, what she should have done when she got sexually assaulted by the fish guy. Here it is. Oh, and if someone sticks a dick in your mouth, bite it off. Pippi Longstocking would bite a D damn sure <laughs> it's just like such a cool it's such a cool line of like oh fuck so this this yeah. is the new girl this season so it was starlight in season 1 and now it's this girl stormfront who i think is going to be a massive like storyline in this season too
1: oh definitely yeah she and she like if anyone saw the trailer she's definitely featured in the trailer as like yeah you can't tell if she's coming in to mix things up in a good way or a bad way, but she's definitely coming in to fucking mix things up.
0: Oh, she's coming in big time yeah. to mix things up. Only other thing to touch on from episode 2 is Kamiko. She is a Japanese badass. <laughs> she classic,
1: like classic samurai badass. Oh, she samurai stuff.
0: So, I didn't know that Kamiko, she was yeah. going to be such a big part of this season
1: yeah I mean, she's one of the boys, but yeah it's it was the whole the whole nefarious thing that Homelander was up to in season one, which was he was giving Compound V to a bunch of terrorist organizations, right so that they could create super terrorists, like everything they're they're doing saying with that about politics and is a, why it's my favorite show the last couple of years is because they are doing such a good job of addressing that. And even though it's not subtle, it's also not distracting from what makes the show fun. It's just such a well-made show.
0: Yeah, I do like that. I I mean, as fucked up as it is about, like, um, he wants a more formidable opponent. So he, like, uh, gives this superhero juice, compound V to, like, all these terrorists.
1: Is that why you thought he was doing it? Because my impression is... Yeah, yeah. I, my impression is he just, he literally thinks he's a god, thinks he's completely invincible, and he has literally nothing to worry about. So he's like, I'm going to give this to these guys, and I can beat them anytime I want to, but I'm going to help Madeline, the, uh, who he used to be in love with, whose breast milk he was drinking after he murdered her. Mm-hmm. He's gonna help her accomplish her goals by doing this, and he doesn't have to worry about the consequences because he's fucking Superman and he's invincible.
0: I felt like in season one, it was more of he felt like there wasn't enough like PR or storylines
1: about like them like defeating like a formidable foe. Like yeah, it was it's like storyline. Um, I agree with yeah. He's doing it for the he's doing it for the like this sequel will be better. Right, if there's a better villain. He's not uh, at any point like trying to challenge. He doesn't think it's going to be a challenge. No, he he yeah. just wants more
0: than what like he just wants more than what they were going up against. Like just stopping like a robbery or whatever, it's like not enough. It's not enough for the press of like
1: And he's yeah, he's not going to get the he wants to be worshiped like a god and he's not going to get that kind of worship unless he defeats some better enemies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of, I, I was trying to make like a sports analogy to it um, where I was like, well, I guess in a way it kind of makes sense because like his logic, if I'm trying to like empathize and put my head in his, myself in his shoes, because I'm like, as a sports guy, like if I'm if the Celtics, I'm a big Celtics fan. I would rather they defeat LeBron James and like a healthy LeBron James and they go into the finals and just like take a dump all over that idiot. I would so much rather have that than like they just show up in the finals and it's like, you know, a... Like you wouldn't want to win, t- win the title the way
1: that the Raptors won last year.
0: Right, yeah, where the Raptors just went... they Because five of the Warriors' best players got hurt, the Raptors won. I Yes, I'd love having a championship regardless, but it would be fucking sweeter for the story if you shit on LeBron. Right. and so, I think
1: he's he's seeing it as the better story of it's a better story if you beat LeBron, but he's not seeing it as the bigger challenge. Like it's a bigger challenge to go through LeBron. He's just like, it's whatever I'm like, I'm going to win no matter what. There's literally nothing that can stop me from doing anything I've ever wanted to do. So why not just make this more interesting? Which, why did he get more powers than anyone else? I've been wondering if they're going to address that. Um, My, take was that he is more he's one of like you said earlier the the ogs if not the og where he was straight up created in the lab like full supervision the main scientist guy was like the closest thing he had to a dad or whatever whereas the rest of them are just kind of like hospitals kind of getting an iv drop of this compound v i think he got a little more science put into him is what i'm saying
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, there's something behind that. Uh, Because, yeah, he was even calling that guy, I feel like the main scientist guy in season one, like his dad almost. Right. That was the only male figure he had in his life.
1: Right. I think there's more science involved with with him than with most of the the soups.
0: Yeah, probably some science.
1: Uh, I I do, before we've, um, because I know we're coming up against it here. One of my biggest things, and again, this is part of what they're trying to say, I think, about the real world with the show. But the tension between him and this season—it's Giancarlo Esposito, Gus Fring from Breaking Bad, who's the like the CEO of Voss, yeah. the evil corporation—and um, the way that he stands up to him. And there's a part of moment in season one where he asks Mave, like, why they ever they listen to anyone like why they listen to anyone at Vought. He's like, we're, we're gods. Why? And she's like, I don't know. They sign her paychecks. Um I wonder if they're going to take that to its logical conclusion too, because obviously as much as he does kind of like Gus Fring kind of shits on him a little bit and puts him in his place. I'm like, I definitely don't understand why he's letting that happen. Like he doesn't, he said like, he, he, t- he says like my contracts up next year, maybe I'll blah, blah, blah. He's like, the fuck does homelander need a contract for
0: i don't know it reminds me of like this player empowerment movement in the nba where it's like a front office coming at like again a lebron james where you have like dan gilbert like coming at him and he's like if i'm lebron james or homelander i'm just like i don't it doesn't matter who fucking signs my paychecks i'm
1: the guy i'm the talent the reason why we have this money is because of me and that's no. and that's the that's the conversation. He's saying he's like, I am this company. I'm the tenant. It's like, what yeah. what do you even care about money or the company or any of this for? <laughs> like, what's what's? I don't get what's in it for him. If he wants to, uh, not be worried about borders or be part of the army, like he can just do whatever he wants.
0: He could steal like, money from the he, bank, and just, and that's his
1: thing. Yeah, yeah. That that's his whole vibe is like, I can do whatever I want. So I I'm interested to see if they get if there's a longer game he's playing if they get into more of his psychology with that or what because i definitely in those scenes like i love this show but i'm not sure i'm buying that he gives a shit about anything this guy's saying to him
0: i think though there is some psychological thing that's happening in his head where he's like got as we aforementioned the mommy complex mommy and, and like Daddy, the yeah there's there's something with like authority figures i think that's happening psychologically in his head where yes he's he's superman so he could literally just burn down the entire place kill everyone and and just do whatever the fuck he wants but i think because of how he was raised like as a lab rat and like in captivity it, without any parents or or anything it's like there's some thing that like he subconsciously yeah. seeks out someone been, yelling at him
1: it's better it's better tv if he yeah, you know and if that. he <laughs> gets put in his place in that spot so i i'm just i'm hoping they do a better job of making it like part of the story and not just like just go with it kind of a deal
0: yeah to transition because uh i gotta go at like four minutes max but to transition i think the biggest thing that happened in episode three of season two was. We got a lot more superhero shit going on in episode three, like there was that unreal helicopter crash in mm-hmm. the water where that that guy uh, Kamiko's
1: brother who yeah Kamiko's
0: brother yeah, it was just like fucking through the helicopter into the water, that was badass, and then with the boat, the speedboat coming after the this whale and just like blasting through that fucking whale,
1: yeah. Well again everything that Drakes cracks me up the way he was standing on top of the whale and then he's like oh fuck <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but did you did you catch that um the whole there's like a small cut that showed it but he's like joining a basically a, it seems like a version of the of Scientology or something within the show yep yeah so it's like giving him yeah. his uh, getting him his shit together and that the the weird lady who was like helping him through it, got a message saying, Hey, here's like, here's the hot tip. Here's how you're going to get back in the seven. And then it when it flashes back to, um, it's Homelander and Gus Fring, Gus Fring had sent that message. So, oh, really? Yeah. So he's pulling those strings too. So he's definitely, that's oh. gonna be his, sorry, he he's, he's definitely pulling lots of strings. He's not just like the CEO of the company.
0: Oh yeah, I didn't catch that. I didn't know yeah. that that Gus, the Breaking Bad guy, the the foe to Homelander, who runs Vought. I didn't know he had sent that. Um, yeah, I, I think we're gonna see that that guy is gonna be a formidable opponent because, as he even said to Homelander, he was like, "You think it's just you're the talent and everything, but this company is not based on superheroes. It's a pharmaceutical it's a company. company. Yeah, it's a drug company. It's a Compound V company. So." you are way off. I think that's why they're going to be a good like match against each other.
1: Right. And that's, that's definitely the the way it's coming out. And that's where I hope they do a better job than they've done so far of making me like buy that because again, he's like, Oh, like he, he's given them the whole thing that he's like, you put the company at risk because now compound V is public knowledge, blah, 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 all that stuff. And it's just like, why would home under care? <laughs> he's like, all right. So Vought, Goes was bankrupt why the fuck do I care I'll just I'll go work for somebody else or I'll do whatever yeah. I want like I, it's just I'm hoping they they flesh that out a little more because right now it's a little bit like just go with it kind of so well they did, good, the they did right a good they did a good
0: job of of fleshing that out in season one because they made it seem like that lady who he did eventually kill was like his mom and right. like the reason it right. that's why go, you bought it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah, maybe event I don't know, I'm just speculating, but maybe they'll like tie similarities between that guy and like his dad, that doctor or whatever. Like yeah. maybe but maybe they'll show a flashback of like him back in the day when that Gus guy yeah. from Breaking Bad was like in the, the uh lab with his dad.
1: Something, hopefully. Something. But the yeah. the, all, the very last thing we can cover before you gotta go, I think, is that it ends with Stormfront, who you brought up before. Uh-huh. Um Going, going off script, and just clearly showing that she is not one of the good guys. She, uh-huh. is, she is as like sociopathic probably as Homelander. She gets a quick racist jab in there.
0: Open your eyes. Open your eyes. I like to see the light go out. Yellow
1: bastard. Super racist. Pretty sure her name is also kind of supposed to tip you off that she's white nationalist shit going on with her. But yeah, so you find out right at the end of episode three that, okay, the characters that, that's here to mix things up is definitely doing it from a bad place. Oh, yeah. She's not on Homelander's side, like as a bad guy that way. She's just like another evil person.
0: Yeah, she's evil in a different way. It's kind of like the the evil that you understand and you're comfortable with versus the evil that you're uncertain to you or the evil that is not as predictable because Homelander, it's like, we get what his shtick is. We get why he's evil. We, we've we accepted over the course of a whole season. This girl comes in like a bat out of hell and she defies the fuck out of Homelander. And yeah, it's not that she's good. It's that she's just evil in a different way. Yeah, And you're like, I understand Homelander's motivations. I don't understand her motivations.
1: Fuck. Totally. I totally agree. She is, her motivations are still a complete mystery. And all I think we can say at this point is that she is evil. She definitely is racist, but she's also like feminist. So it's going to be, I, I think yeah. her storyline is going to be super interesting.
0: Yeah. I, my big, the only thing I wrote down on her as that episode ended was I wrote down, pun intended, she stole the fuck out of Homelander's Thunder.
1: <laughs> nice nice uh, that was... <laughs> storm from X Men pun there.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, the episode just ends where, like, Kamiko, who's like a badass in her own right, is staring down. Fucking Stormfront because Stormfront killed Kamiko's brother. brother. Yeah. And it was like dude, by the way, the way she killed him was fucking ruthless. He has all of his magical powers in her in his hands and she just like fucking ripped his wrists off.
1: Yeah. Uh there were some there are some gnarly uh oh. kills by the by the soups. Oh yeah, because Black Kimiko? noir who's the silent silent ninja guy who is somewhat Batmanish. Yeah. Uh, he, he starts the episode off with some pretty brutal ones too. Yeah. First episode, he rips a guy's head in half by like the bottom of his mouth and the top of his mouth. Yep. Um, and then rips another guy's head off. So yeah, yep. he's, uh, they're not holding back there.
0: Kamiko sure. also ripped a guy's head off. It was amazing. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. This show, uh, it's, it's going to be good, dude. I, I feel like they just gave us a little taste. They got us hooked, good and proper and um i mean i'm i'm jacked i'm jacked to the tits or for fucking episode four next week i don't want to yeah, wait because
1: whatever whatever happens with the storylines they've just a, just fully created a world that i want to hang out in like i just want to yeah. watch whatever these characters are doing on screen so i'm all in yep
0: love that all right kids kids we're gonna end it there i gotta go get some dinner hard out turned into a soft out but I'm going to go get some dinner. Kids, you sleep tight. And Zerb, let's still do our sign-off. Give those kids what they want.
1: Clear eyes. Full hearts.
0: Do less, kids.
1: Do way less.
0: You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You know you found us when you find a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Stephen's there. Just not pictured. Stephen and Elsie, both there. Just not pictured.